my God, my God, Lord, mercy, mercy on us, Jesus, mercy and grace, mercy and grace on us, Jesus, that's what we need, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I was at my computer preparing this message, my Bible's around here somewhere, Andrew, just find it for me, Jesus, I was preparing this message this week, and I mean, uh, this morning, I was just looking at this scripture, and as I was at my website, my, my homepage is msnbc.com, and I was there at, my, at the homepage, and, and Chicago made news. <clears throat> Chicago made news, but it made news for all of the wrong reasons, and thank you, this one right here. Jesus, have mercy on us, Lord. Jesus Chicago made news for all the wrong reasons. It said that there was ten shootings from Friday night to Saturday morning. Seventeen-year-old boy was shot on the 400 block of North Laramie. Just after that, two people were shot on South Racine. An 18-year-old man and a 24-year-old man were shot. It says again that on the 8300 block of South Whipley, a teen was shot, teenager. Then in another place, 18-year-old young man was shot. Then again on the 1200 block of South Avers, another person was shot. A 25-year-old man was shot leaving a store. Most of these people were innocent people. Jesus, have mercy. It's not about you, friends. It's about Jesus. Get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on what God wants to do. 11 p.m., another person shot in Little Village. Another man was shot as he was running away from gunshots. 19-year-old man was shot crossing the street going home. 31-year-old man was shot in the leg. 32-year-old man was shot. 19-year-old man was shot. Jesus. God, we repent for this, Lord. God, we repent, Lord. And those of you who want more church services, listen to what your pastor has to say. To hell with our church services. You know how many religious people are having services right now? You know how many Catholic churches are being filled right now? Our church services do absolutely nothing to stop this wave of violence. America needs the presence and the power of God. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. We need something so real that it changes people's lives. Jesus. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of what things man has come up with. I'm tired of the things that man wants and the things that we put up in front of people, all of our choirs, all of, all of our special songs. What have they done? What have they done? You go to big churches. I've been to big churches. What have they done? What have they done? They haven't changed anything. Some of you are wondering why I'm kneeling down because I'm still in the attitude of prayer. I want to change. I want God to use me to thwart the evil in this land. I want this service and every service that I can possibly be here for as the pastor until I meet Jesus Christ. If that's 50 years, 70 years, I want us to take a turn and say, God, we will change this city. We will not let go of your hymn until you come. Jesus. Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. 
He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want to ask you a question. Can God make Chicago live again? Can God make teenagers love him again? Can God change Chicago? Can God take the dry bones? This prophet was brought out to a valley, and there was nothing but dry bones. Just in that valley, dry bones. And Jesus said to that prophet, do you think these bones can live again? The condition of Israel's heart at the time of Ezekiel, they were backslidden. They were in sin. They were full of evil. They worshipped idols. Their armies were pathetic. They would get beat up every time they went out to war. And God shows them a vision. And he says, this is how I see the nation of Israel. This is how I see what used to be my, uh, what were my special people. I see them as a valley of dry bones. You know how God sees America right now? He sees it as a valley of dry bones. You know how he looks at the people? He sees them as, as they are dry and they are dead. They are not alive. The Bible says until a person is born again, until they ask the Spirit of God into their life, they are dry. They are dead. And he's asking this church, do you think they can live? Not do you think your pastor can cre- preach a great sermon? Not do you think we we can have just a fun time at church. There's a lot of churches having fun. But he's asking us the question, Metro Praise, do you believe that this dry bone city can come alive? And look at what Ezekiel said. He said, O sovereign Lord, only you know. Verse 4, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, This is what the Lord says. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make your flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put my breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You see what God says? He says to the Son of Man, I want you to prophesy this message. Here we learn the most simplest definition of what it means to prophesy. What it means to prophesy is to speak the words of God over someone or something. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you have the word of God in your belly? Because in a few moments I'm going to bring you back up to this altar because it's not about you. And we're going to come on our face, on our knees, and we are going to begin to prophesy to this nation. We are going to begin to prophesy to this city. We are going to begin to say it's not about us. I'm not going to talk about my finances right now. I'm not going to talk about my family right now. I'm not here just to get my little blessing. I'm here to prophesy over the dead bones of a city that is lost in without Christ. And today if they were to die, they would be damned to an eternal hell. We don't believe in hell anymore. Most of you here really do not believe in a literal hell. If you believed in a literal hell, you would preach to everybody you know. If you believed in a literal hell, you would have been here early for prayer meeting because you would have wept at these altars so that those people you preached to would come. If you believed in a literal hell, you would give up of your time, your resources, your finances. Most people in the church do not really believe that their friends and family are really going to a place that is called the lake of fire. Most people do not really understand what that place will be like. 
The Bible describes the lake of fire as a bottomless pit. They will fall and never stop falling. It is pitch blackness, so they do not know where they're going. So they're falling, they're disorientated, and they never know where they're going, can't even see in front of their hands. At that time, the Bible says it is a lake. It is, so, uh, it is a lake of fire so that they are drowning in the flames, so hot that they can't get away, falling in a black, pitch, uh, a black pit, and they can't breathe, and they're just burning and drowning in the fire. And then the Bible says worms crawl in and out of their flesh, and they begin to gnaw on their bodies, their tongue, and they gnaw on their teeth. And since God has given them an everlasting body, their body does not decay. So they gnaw on their teeth and they gnaw on their tongue for eternity. That's where they're going. Do you believe that? Does that motivate you to get out of your house? Does that motivate you to pray? Does that motivate you to see God differently than your little four prayer requests for God to bless you? He said to Ezekiel, son, look at these dry bones. Do you believe they can live? He says, God, only you know, only you have the power. He was a willing vessel. And then God said to him, son, prophesy. Open up your mouth and speak the word of God. I want to tell why some of you today don't see souls saved. is because you don't read the word of God. Therefore, you can't speak the word of God. How much did you read your Bible this week? 15 minutes? 20 minutes? You had 168 hours to live and to get the word of God that brings life to the soul. How much of it is in you right now? They say the average Christian right now cannot quote five verses. That means right now I took your Bible from you. Most of you would be babbling trying to put together the Word of God. You couldn't say five verses from the passion in your own heart. But if I ask you what's your favorite song, what's your favorite poem, what's your favorite little thing that you memorized as a kid, you could say it over and over again. If I ask some of you men, who starts for the Cubs, who starts for the Sox, what is their batting average, what is their, you know, their error average, you could just quote it off. They say the average Christian will not lead one person to the Lord by the time they reach heaven. That means the average Christian is a selfish, gluttonous fool in the eyes of God. They are selfish because they only think of themselves. They are gluttonous and obese because they only feed themselves. And they are a fool because the world around them is burning and going to hell. And all they care about is themselves. One person is worth the world to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, what does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? The Bible says one soul is worth the entire world to God. You have to get in your mind today, what I do now will make a difference for eternity. What I do now will be judged one day. The prophet Ezekiel was told to prophesy. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. As God's word went out. The Spirit of God took those words and began to cause a noise. And then the Bible says a rattling sound. And the bones began to come together. You see, because God could be used, He could use a man, God worked through that man. God is looking for men and women that He can work through. It's not our power. It's not our words. It's the words of Lord Jesus Christ. And when it, it comes forth, it will come forth with the power behind it. He said, I sent my word and it healed their diseases. He says, when I send my word, it fulfills the purpose from which I've given in. 
It says, I heard the sound, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So here comes the bodies together. God says, prophesy, son of man, to the valley of dry bones. Bones begin to come together. And here comes a, a man standing with flesh, but there's no life in him. I want to tell you right here, on the best day, on the best day, listen to me, on the best day, that's all our church is right now, is just bones and flesh and emptiness. We have the look of religion, we have the look of the glory, we have the look of passion for God, but all we have is a lifeless church. And Jesus Christ is looking at us saying, that's good, but I got one better. He says, prophesy, son of man, into that body my life. Hallelujah, it says right here, he says, he says, son of man, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the breath. Look at what he said, prophesy to the breath. That breath is the spirit of God. Read your Bible in the book of Genesis. The Bible says he breathed the spirit of God into man that gave him life. He said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. With the breath of God. The breath of God. The four winds obeyed that prophet Ezekiel and the breath of God came inside that army and they were alive. And look what he says. And he said to me, son of man, verse 11, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves, bring you out from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves, bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. I want to know today, is there anybody here that wants to get broken before God, like the prophet Ezekiel, and say to the Lord, give me your words, and I'll speak to the dry bones. And Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Cause these dry bones to live. Change my city. Change the hurting. Hallelujah. Look at Joel chapter 2 in closing. Before we get back in His presence, which it actually hasn't left, but before we get back and just saturating in His presence, longing for Him, longing for Jesus, longing for Him, longing to taste and see that He is good. Getting out of our flesh, getting out of our ways, getting out of our, our agendas, getting out of our lives. We've believed so many lies. Oh, you're okay because you don't sin like so-and-so. You're not so bad. That's just a lie. How many souls have you won? How many people have you wept for? How many people have you prophesied to and seen their lives change? God's not just going to reward you in heaven for not killing anybody. He wants to see you prophesy and change the world. He's looking for an army of people. It's called the army of Joel. He's looking for Joel's army on the day of Pentecost. That spirit came into the church. That same spirit that Ezekiel saw give breath to that lifeless army. Remember, it was a vision. He saw a vision that one day, one day, dry bones would come together. 
And then in those dry bones, breath would come. And that breath would be the Spirit of God. And God would cause that army to become a strong army again. Now, if you go to the book of Acts, after Christ, Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. He told them to wait in the upper room for the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is not an option in our church services. Some of you get bothered by the Holy Ghost. Some of you get bothered by speaking in tongues, by the strange things we do here. But it's not an option. The Bible says when he came down, tongues of fire appeared. How strange would that be, friends? Then the Bible says they began to speak in other tongues. Then the Bible says as they were speaking in other tongues, they stumbled out into the streets. And men thought they were drunk. Look at the Bible in Acts chapter 2. They were so high on Jesus. It says right there, verse 12, it says, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Oh, they're drunk. They're, they're drunk. This pastor's crazy. He's on his knees facing away from us. He's crazy. Why is he doing that? You know why? Because it's not about you. It's about God. It's about a church raising up. And I feel God wants me to stay on my knees so I'll be humble before him. It's about you getting alone with God and you getting humble. It's about us being touched. It's about us getting rocked by his presence. I'm tired of church services where they think we look just like them. Oh, yeah, I've been to so-and-so's church. It reminded me of a motivational seminar. I'm tired of motivational sermons. I'm tired of cute choirs that remind me of being at Opryland or Vegas shows. I want to see the power of God. I want to see the glory. And if people think we're drunk, then so be it. The glory's worth it. The glory's worth it, I say. The glory, O Lord, is worth it. I'll take that, Jesus. Hallelujah. I receive it. Verse 14, then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dry bone people. People in bondage right now. People on drugs right now. People in adultery right now. He'll pour out His Spirit on them. People living in the ghetto right now. People in Boys Town homosexual right now. He will pour out His Spirit on Catholic people, on Jehovah Witness people, on Muslim people. He says He's going to pour out His Spirit. He's going to pour it out. He's going to pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. He says He will pour out His Spirit on all people. Then it says, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Oh, I was given a promise in the book of Joel that one day I would prophesy to Chicago that I would be able to say to these tribones, Get up! Get up! Get up in the name of the Lord! He's looking for an army. He's looking for people that will say, I got a promise. I've got a promise in the Word of God that if I'm a son or a daughter of the King, He'll pour out His Spirit upon me just like He did Ezekiel, and I will prophesy, and dead things will come alive. He said, then they will prophesy. Hallelujah, they will prophesy. It says, and young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit. In case you didn't get it, he repeats it again. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. 
Oh, glory to God. Turn with me a couple chapters over to Acts 17. Look at what your church used to look like. Look at what your church used to look like. Look at what Jesus used to do among the earth. Look at what Jesus used to do among the people. Matter of fact, turn with me to Acts 17. Don't have time to get into it all. Look what your Bible says it used to be like. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, this is one of the disciples. Remember, he's going to be one of those boys that prophesy. He's going to be one of those boys that get up in the world in a dry bone place and speak the words and have people come alive. Paul took to the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. What were they? Somebody say disciples. What were those people? They weren't just churchgoers. They weren't just people on Sunday. They weren't members. They were what? He says he found some disciples and he said, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? Did you receive it? Did you receive? I'm asking you now. Did you receive it? Did you, did you receive the fuego? Did you receive the shade of beta boda ba? Hallelujah. Glory. Look what these boys said. Said, no, we haven't. We haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? These boys were only baptized in water. That's why they call them Baptists these days. They only get baptized in water. Paul said, yeah, I got a little surprise for you, fellas. Verse 4, John's baptism was only of repentance. Somebody says, yes, I've repented. I've been baptized. But keep on reading. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. I'm calling everyone up to the front today who wants to prophesy with me. Come on up from wherever you are. Come up from wherever you are and begin to believe with me that God can do something in this nation. Lord, we put our pride aside. We put our agenda aside. And Lord, we ask you to speak. Speak through us. Speak through us. Those of you who've got sin in your life, you need to repent. You need to come to the Lord and you need to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins today, Lord. We don't want to make excuses for sin, so forgive us and set us free. Now, Lord, I pray that you begin to use us. God, I want a church that's so involved with you, God, they could care less about what this world thinks. God, I want a church, God, that's so on fire for you, Jesus, that they don't care what this world thinks. God, I want a church that prophesies. I want a church that goes after you. Jesus, give us a church that wants you. Give us a church that's going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and prophesy. Jesus, 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 give us right now that anointing. Give us that anointing. Andrew, turn on the, the, the CD player up here. Come on, give us that anointing. Give us a brokenness. Give us a brokenness. Give us a brokenness. Break our hearts. Break our hearts. Break our hearts. Come on, some of you need to get serious with God. Break our hearts. Come on, turn it up, brother. Break our hearts. Break our hearts. Break our hearts that ten people were shot this weekend. And all our churches are doing are just singing songs. All we're doing is singing songs. All we're doing is just having pretty cute little meetings. Where's the people of God? Where's the people of God? Where's the people of God? Where's the children of Zion? Break our hearts for the harvest. Break our hearts for the harvest. Break our hearts for the harvest. Give us a heart that weeps for the lost. 
Give us a heart that weeps for the lost. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, we're weeping for you. We're weeping for you. We're weeping for you. We're weeping for you because we want to see God move in this nation. More. More. Give us a back.